Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Amen. Well, come on. Can we put our hands together for King Jesus in this room? Come on, y'all get a little louder for King Jesus today. Yeah, I love that. If you don't mind, just for a second. Stay standing with me for just a second. I want to welcome everybody in online on the podcast. Can we put our hands together one more time? Welcome everybody in on that. I'm glad you're here. I'll just tell you I'm excited about today, and I know it's a tough topic. We're finishing up a series uh, called Hey Google. Somebody shout, Hey Google. And I think for a lot of us, we ask Google a lot of times what we should be asking God's Word and what we should be asking God. And and we've talked about some crazy things over the last few weeks. And today, I feel like this is one of those topics that is uh, a challenge for a lot of us. Uh, It's not talked about a whole lot in church. And I'll just tell you this week, uh, this has been on our, our, uh, just on our radar for uh, about six weeks as far as we're going to answer this question of anxiety, what is depression, how to overcome that, how to overcome suicide. Uh, this idea, this mentality that I, w- I want to take my own life. And as I was uh, just just getting ready, after I do every single week, I listen to all kinds of messages throughout the week just to fill myself up. And uh, a pastor that we greatly honor and respect, Pastor Rich Wilkerson uh, at Voo Church, they had a series that was literally walking through some of this stuff together. And, and I- I'll just tell you, as I was listening to it, it ministered to me so much because I've walked through this stuff this year. And I don't know about you where you find yourself, but I, I, what I began to do is, and I'm going to share some of the points that he even had today, but it's a completely different story. You know why? Because there is a pattern in Scripture that you'll see and that I'll see as we walk through some things today of what it would be like and what, what I believe that God wants to speak to you if you're struggling with this, uh, this topic of anxiety and depression. And how many of you know it's on the rise, right? It's a question that a lot of us don't even want to talk about. A lot of the church doesn't even want to talk about. But if we're going to be a church that goes through the gospel and says, you know what, hurting, broken, busted people, that's what we're going to be about. We're going to be about the things of God. We're going to be about the things that his word says. Well, then we're going to talk about stuff like this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do I overcome anxiety and depression and this idea that I want to take my life with? Somebody submit that question. And maybe that was you. Maybe it's you online. You couldn't even come into the room today. I don't know what it might be, but I just feel like God wants to speak to us today. We're going to start in his word. It's in Mark chapter 8. I love, uh, love, love, love uh, just this story. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you haven't. But Mark chapter 8, this is the title. It just says that Jesus heals a blind man. This is what it says in verse 22. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I love it. This is what it says. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and to heal him. And Jesus, watch what Jesus does, took the man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hand on him and asked him, can you see anything now? And the man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. And I don't know about you, but that to me is a lot like what anxiety and depression is. I'm going through life, I, 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 I don't have clear vision, I can't see where I'm going, I don't see what's ahead of me, I'm, it's, it's a fall, I don't know if you've been there before, but kind of like the haze that's in this room, there just seems to be a haze over your life, right, just a haze over your vision of what your life might be, I can't see them very clearly, they look like trees walking around, and then Jesus placed his hand on the man's eyes again, somebody shout again, 
and his eyes were opened, and his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. And I just believe that God wants to speak to you today. Wherever you find yourself, wherever you might find what you're going through or walking through, it may be hazy, it may be dusty, it may not be very clear, but I believe in Jesus' name, according to the authority that God has given us in his word, that you can begin to see things clearly today because of Jesus. I'm believing that for us. I hope you're expecting that today as we receive what God's going to speak to us. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we honor you. We love you. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us today, Holy Spirit, as only you can. It's in Jesus' powerful, awesome, magnificent, incredible name that we pray. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. You can have a seat. Thank you for standing in honor of God's word. Thank you, Kyle, for playing while we're just walking through that. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to start off really quickly uh, by just saying uh, today is a it's a wild day, and I'm really glad that you're here. Obviously, Halloween's a great time that we get to, to, to throw some candy out and have a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that. But I also want to tell you something really fast, that today uh, is really the last Sunday that we will have any sort of production in the middle school at Purpose Church, all right? That's a little scary, right? When I say production, I'm talking about stage, I'm talking about video, I'm talking about sound, I'm talking about lighting, because next week we're throwing it back old school. Come on, somebody, all right? Guess what we got to do? We get to install all of this in our facility, okay? And so I just want to let you, I want to invite you, and I'm just going to tell you, don't check out in November, please. Don't be like, oh, I'll just come whenever, whenever we're in the facility. That'll be good. I pray next week that this place is more full than it's ever been, because we're throwing it back old school. Uh, we're going to do things a little different. Uh, the Lights aren't going to be all the way off. Like, it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait for next Sunday. And we got just a serious song that we're doing is Heart of Worship. Y'all know that song? Remember that old song back in the day? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Thank God I'm not leading it. Come on, somebody, right? But I'm just telling you, we're going we're gonna to go back to just the heart of it, and then once we move into the facility, get ready because we're going to part your hair, okay? Just get ready, the sound and lighting and video, all that stuff will part your hair. But I'm just going to tell you, I think this season, as we in, if you got hair, okay? I know some of y'all are like, you ain't got none on top of your head. You ain't got none to part, uh, but, but that's all right. I, I'll just tell you, I'm excited about that because to me, again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if these lights ended up failing and they end up shutting down right now. If the screen ends up falling, hope it doesn't. But if it does, guess what? We're still going to preach Jesus. We're still going to worship Jesus. We're still going to be about Jesus. Anybody with me today, right? So just get ready over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be walking through a series called Rhythm, and I hope you got some because you're going to be able to see somebody next week while they're clapping. They may not be able to clap. It'll be, it'll be great. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just telling you, be back next Sunday. Do not check out until we move into the facility. Can I, can I, can I hear everybody say, I'm good if you're good with that? Come on. You good? I want to see you next week, and we're excited about that. But again, I'm excited about today. Not only is today Halloween, it's my daughter's birthday, so I always want to just honor her. She's a Halloween baby, and she came in uh, like a storm. It was storming like crazy, and she's stormed our life ever since, right? It's just she's been a, she's been a blessing. Uh, and so Conley Hollis, I know you may you may not watch this, but I just like to put her on the Internet. She thinks she's so cool, and she's got a name on the Internet. Conley Hollis, happy birthday, and uh, she'll be in here second service, so that'll be awesome. But I, I'm excited about today. I know it's a hard topic. I believe it's going going to be some, uh, the reason why I'm excited is because I feel like God is going to do some freeing in this place today. I feel like there's going to be some things that you and I have carried for a long time that God is going to release, uh, and I'm believing that he's going to do that. And so how many of y'all would just be honest, if we could just start out by question, you can raise your hand, you can wave it around like you just do care, right? How many of us in this room could be honest to say over the past few years with COVID and then even the stress of this year, it just seems like anxiety uh, and just like your 
life has gotten a little bit more stressful. Anybody out there? Come on, somebody. I think all of us would agree with that. I think we all could uh, agree that the anxiety and the stress and just the, the level of, of responding to questions even or, or anything like that has just taken another step up. And I, I, again, I just want to just give some facts out there about this thing called anxiety and depression and even suicide because I, I think, again, we've had a pandemic going on in the world uh, with, with COVID-19 and how its ugly head has reared itself over the last couple of years and the effects that it's had on us. Uh, I'll just tell you, for me, it had an effect on me even from an anxiety point of view because this is even a fact that's out there is that from August 2020 to April 2021, anxiety rose 41% across the board. I think we all can agree in a matter of a few short months even to anxiety that the anxiousness just took another level, another step forward. And uh, if we could just be honest, uh, this is a pandemic in itself. Right, that anxiety is taking a step forward, that even suicide is taking a step forward when it comes to the increase that's happening around. Now think about this, that one person dies every 11 seconds from suicide. One person, 11, did I say 11 seconds? I'm in 11 minutes, I'm so sorry. 11 minutes, one person every 11 minutes dies from suicide. You gotta understand that in America, we have twice as many uh, suicides as we do homicides. It's, it's not other people that are, that are taking life. It, we're taking our own lives. And I just think that there is something out there that we as the church need to be loud about, that we as a church for far too long have probably been too quiet about when it comes to mental health, when it comes to this issue called anxiety and depression. And, and I just think for so long uh, we, we've kind of said, okay, well, you, you're not spiritual enough if you're struggling with that, right? You should pray more. You should, uh, you should be reading your Bible more. And, again, I think we can get all, uh, all of us could use some more Jesus. Uh, amen, right? I think we all could. But at the end of the day, there's sometimes there's some things out there that we aren't even aware of in, inside our own body that are fighting even against us. And for, for far too long, I think the church has been too quiet about anxiety, depression, and suicide. But I just believe if there is going to be a solution, if there's going to be someone that speaks up, I believe that the body of Christ should be the one that stands up, that should declares that you don't have to die, that you don't have to give up, but that there's hope and healing in Jesus' name. Amen or oh me, church. I think we all can agree with that. I think we can all get behind that, and, and we're going to be a church that talks about it. We're going to be a church that, that confronts it, that doesn't shy away from the tough conversations, because right here, this is a question that somebody within our church asked. How do I overcome anxiety? How do I overcome this? How do, how do I get through this? What, what do I do? And, and I want you to realize that maybe today, and maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening on the podcast, whatever it might be, maybe you're in this room, and today is like your last ditch effort. Right, today may be your last ditch effort that you're like, yo, if, the, if something doesn't change, I'm done. Like if something doesn't change, I, I, I'm through. I can't handle the stress. I can't handle the anxiousness. It's like nothing is getting better. It's like not, there's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There, the, this is my last ditch effort. And I just want to tell you really quickly, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're listening. So glad that you're watching. I think it's so important, again, that you're here. And I just want to declare something about this term suicide and what it is. And I, I just want to encourage you with something really quick. Is that suicide is an eternal result for a temporary moment. 
And that you're going to get through it. You're going to make it through it. And we want to be a church that's walking right beside you as you do it. And I just feel like I came to remind somebody today that you can keep hanging on. That you matter not only to God, but you matter to us. That God has a plan for you and that God wants to use you. Come on. Can we put our hands together and just declare for the person maybe even sitting next to us that God has a plan for you. God's got a plan for us. And I just think about this story. I love this idea of what we're going to talk about from Mark chapter 8. And I think for so many of us, even though this idea of mental illness, it's easy for us to understand a, a physical ailment that we see, right? There's a lot of people that if you break your arm, I broke my arm growing up. Uh, I always, I, I broke like 87 bones. You can ask my dad. Like we spent more time at the hospital than we did at home. You know what I'm saying? And like I just remember getting my cast and one time I had it signed by Dina Carter. Y'all don't know who that is, do you? You know, a little country singer, she kissed me on the cheek and she signed my cast. Come on somebody, right? Uh, she did that I was at St. Jude in the hospital and I remember though like when you have when you have an arm like you have a break broken arm or broken leg if somebody decided to walk in here you're gonna see that ailment right you're gonna see that happen where man they got a cast on they've got some they're on they're on crutches they're in a wheelchair whatever it might be so what are we gonna do we're gonna do whatever we can make sure they get them a good seat aisle seat so they can get out if they have to or or hey can, can I bring you some coffee because you know you don't look like you can handle that coffee very well right now because your arm's in a cast right and and Whatever it might be, we would move heaven and earth just to serve somebody uh, with a physical ailment that we see. Come on, I'm thankful for our serve team that would be willing to do that, right? I love that. But I'll just tell you, too, that so many of us walk in here, and it's not a physical ailment that you can see that we're walking here in here with. It is a mental illness that we're walking in here with. There's anxiety that's on the inside of us. There's, there's depression that's on the inside of us. And when it comes to mental health, there is no outward sign. There is no cast that you and I would wear that lets somebody know that, hey, I'm struggling in this area of my life. I'm really, I'm really having a hard time. And a lot of times when someone comes to us, again, as, as the church, as the body of Christ, and says they're struggling with anxiety, most of the time we'll just dismiss them or say, hey, well, maybe you're not praying enough, you're not spiritual enough. But I just believe as a church, it's time for us to declare, to declare, it's time for us to get this right, is that it is okay to not be okay. Come on, is there any messed up people in this room? Come on, somebody. I think we all are. It's okay to not be okay. I think we have to realize that, that, that guess what? We're all sick in some area of our life. We all have this thing called sin. We all have this thing in, in, in an area of our life. Maybe that's not even necessarily sin, but we come in here and we're broken and we're busted and, and, and man, we don't have it all together. I think it's time to declare it's okay to not be okay. Tap your neighbor say, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. I just want to remove that stigma, right? I want to remove that, that posture, I think, for a lot of us that say, you know what, if I'm going to go to church, if you ever try to invite somebody to church and you want them sitting next to you at church, you're probably like, hey, won't you come sit next with me? And what is it, one of those things that a lot of people said uh, or will say if you invite them is, hey, you know what, i got to clean myself up first before I come to church. i got, I got to get myself right before I come to church. That, 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 that's the goal of church, right? That's the goal of Jesus is not to come all, all clean, but that Jesus would accept us dirty and broken and busted just like he did. And I'm grateful grateful that we serve a God that's like that because I couldn't clean myself up enough to do that in order to clean myself up good enough, right? But thanks be to God that guess what? Including a dude with the microphone in his hand, we are all messed up. Tap your neighbor and say, you messed up. Go ahead. I, I think we need to realize that it's okay to not be okay. Let me just tell you something really quickly though. It's not okay to stay that way. 
once you finish that sentence. It's okay to not be okay. If we stop there, we just say, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'll just go out, keep doing all this other kind of stuff. Or, or man, I'll just keep struggling in this area. But I believe that God has more for you than what you're going through. I believe that God has more for your life, has a bigger, better plan. If we will just end up submitting to what he has for us, then it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have it together all the time. But, hey, let's work towards fixing that. Let's work, to, work towards letting God fix that on the inside of us. If it's even an ailment on the inside that you can't even see. So it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to say that way. And I think about this story in Mark chapter 8, right? I love this story, Mark chapter 8, where we meet this guy who is not okay, right? We meet this man who is not okay. He, he is blind, all right? And I think we all would understand that, that even in that time period, you got to understand that, that if you were blind or if you had an ailment like that, it hindered you from working. It hindered you from having a family really providing. And so you got to understand that this guy is pretty much debilitated because he is blind. And the Bible, what I, I think about the Bible so much, and I think about what it says, is that it doesn't even, it doesn't even declare his name right there, right? That the story, that as they're writing this down, the Bible just says that a blind man is taken by his friends to somebody, right, with somebody. Now think about that. And how many of you know that for far too long, let's just be honest, for far too long that a lot of us have been identified with the thing that we struggle with the most, right? The thing that we struggle with, that identity, it becomes I'm, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. And it begins to overtake our entire identity. And that is something that you and I struggle with a whole lot. And again, I just came to declare that as a church, we're going to be a church that serves the busted and broken. We're going to be a church where healing and hope can be found in Jesus' name. And it is okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. I see that in this story. And watch what happens. Obviously, in verse 22, it says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and to heal him. I want you to know that there is a pattern as Pastor Rich was saying and it just meant so much to me. I'm going to pass some of these things on to you. But it's a pattern throughout scripture, right? It was a different story that he was talking about. I just went looking like through scripture and the miracles of Jesus and there is a pattern here that I think it follows perfectly that I want to share with us today of how we can get some hope and some healing uh, through Jesus. And this is what I want us to know is that when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch him and to heal him. Watch this. If you're going to fight depression, if you're going to fight anxiety, how do I overcome that? Staying quiet will, not, will hurt you. Staying quiet will hurt you. I don't know about you, but a lot of times what happens when I'm struggling in an area of my life and, and I feel like, I'm I, okay, I can just handle it. I, I can just take it. What the enemy would love to just tell you, the devil would love to say if you're struggling with mental illness, is that, hey, you don't need to tell anybody. You don't need to share that with anybody. It's no big deal. And what happens is we begin to believe that we can do this on our own. And honestly, one of the, the main jobs as a church is that, is that we create an atmosphere. We create relationships. We create teams. We create life to where it's okay to share that you're not okay. That it's an okay place to be like, hey, I'm struggling in this area. I'm walking through this difficult season. I'm walking through this junk that I'm feeling this way. But anxiety and depression, what the 
the enemy would love to do is just keep you to yourself. Love to just turn it inward. Just, just don't tell anybody. Don't burden anybody else with that. And anxiety and depression loves to stay quiet. But I just came to declare today, our last Sunday with production in the middle school, who cares? Guess what? We're going to be a church that stands up and speaks up even if we're nervous about saying anything. Even if our voice is trembling and, and we're afraid to say anything to anybody, we're going to be a church that's honest, open, and transparent and says, you know what? I don't have it all together. I'm struggling in this area because staying quiet will hurt you. That, that we would be a church that's okay to not be okay. See, like we talked about just a few weeks ago, nothing healthy grows in the dark. Right, nothing healthy grows in the dark. We got to expose it. We got to put some light on it. We got to make sure that we're bringing that to somebody, obviously to Jesus, but also to somebody else around. But anxiety and depression, what it'll try to do is it'll try to keep us alone. And I, I don't share my story with you just so that you feel sorry for me. I share it with you so that you understand that we're all going through something like this. Now you can find yourself in whatever position that you might find yourself in in life, but that there is the anxiousness and depression that sometimes creeps into your life. And I, I just struggled with that this year, and I, I've shared that with you guys many times. But at the first of this year, for me specifically, just a overwhelming anxiety over, over my life. And just, uh, again, got a great, great family, uh, great wife, great kids. They're incredible. I love my life. But there was just something wailing up on the inside of me that I couldn't really explain. And, uh, again, for a long time, I tried to hold that in. For a long time, I say, hey, it's just, a, it's just a couple bad days. This is one of those things. And, and again, what began to happen is my vision began to be blurred, right? Like just my, my life as I would wake up and I, I would think, you know what, it's not going to be better. It's not going to get any better. And I struggled with a lot of anxiousness and anxiety. And, and again, I share that with you just to being open and vulnerable with you. Not so that hopefully you won't attack me with it, but just the fact that I am, I am just like you. I struggle just like you, that I know that there's many of you, that that's your story, that every day you wake up and you say, you know what, man, is today going to be any better than yesterday? I'm struggling with that, and I think a lot of us struggle with that, but staying quiet about it is what I tried to do for too long. I tried to just hold it in. I tried to say, okay, I'm just going to get through it on my own. I'm not going to share these feelings. I'm not going to share what's going on in my head. And, and ultimately what it did was it drove me further down that road of anxiousness and even a little bit of depression in that. And so I just want to tell you, staying quiet will hurt you. It's not good for you to stay quiet. you got you got to speak up. Watch what James 5.16 says. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I say it all the time. Forgiveness comes from God. Obviously, hope and healing comes through Jesus' name, but also healing happens when we confess what we're going through with other people. That's why it's so important to get in crews. That's why it's so important to be around some people where you can just take the mask off and say, yo, I'm not okay. I'm struggling with this. I'm walking through this. So staying quiet will hurt you. Watch what happens as you go on as we read this story about the guy in Jesus, Mark 23, 8, 23. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and watch what he did. He led him out of of the village. He let him out of the village. He let him out of the crowd. So watch, I, I want you to write this down, is that the crowd won't heal you. You got to understand that today as we're sitting here in this in the, in the rows at Purpose Church, man, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're here, but I also want to just challenge you in the fact that, guess what, I, I really do think uh, rows and, and gathering together and singing and worshiping is a big deal, and I, I want us to continue to always be about that, but I want to challenge you, life is good in rows, it's even better in circles. 
And the fact is that the crowd won't heal you. We watched what Jesus did. He took him out of the crowd. He took him away. He led him outside of the village. And what happens is, for, for a lot of us in the room, it's so wild that we can come into a room full of people and yet still feel alone. Right? We can walk into a crowd of people and yet still feel like we're the only one in the room that's struggling. I just encourage you, this, is, this, this man, right, like he, he is encouraged by Jesus. He's led by Jesus out away from the crowd. He's taken out and away from it. But again, the crowd can inspire us to change, right? So many times we come to church to get inspired, right? Okay, I know, God, you've called me to do that. I know you, okay, I, I didn't know I, had, uh, I could have a relationship with Jesus. I, I'm coming, giving my life to Jesus. Now my life's going to look different every single day. You're coming to church to be inspired to change, but so many times the healing that happens and real change will take place, not necessarily in the crowd, but when you move away from the crowd, when you get alone with someone, specifically, obviously, with Jesus first. I think that's so important that we're not just going to say, oh, this isn't just a self-help talk today. That's not it, because I am, I am not your, your therapist. I am your pastor, and I'm going to try and push you towards the things of God. I'm going to try and push you towards Jesus' as best as I can, and I want you to know that that's important that you spend time alone, obviously being led by Jesus away from the crowd, but I think sometimes that also includes getting alone with someone who is a professional counselor, or somebody that can be a former pastor, or somebody, or pastor, or crew leader that that you can even share some things with, um, so that you can begin to not stay quiet and stay to yourself, because again, the crowd is great, I love that, it's a great start, if you're watching online, I love that you're watching online, but I'm telling you, a lot of healing happens when we confess one-on-one with somebody or we tell somebody, hey, this is an area that I'm struggling with. I spent some time at the first of this year uh, with a guy by the name of Pastor Chip Judd, and he was in South Carolina. I was there for a few-day retreat with a couple pastors, um, and, and just just uh, one of those retreats that you just kind of just just break away, and I was in South Carolina. It was beautiful, low country. And I mean, it was great, uh, but had a chance to just really get some things out with Pastor Chip, uh, and then actually, uh, he is a trained counselor, uh, and so we worked through a few things just with me and, and even my life, and I'm still working through some of those. I've got, a, I've got a guy that is a former pastor that I just reached out to this week uh, that I'm going to spend some time with every single month uh, because of the fact that I need to be around some people that, can, that I can be real honest, open, and transparent with, uh, but also some somebody that can speak some truth in my life, somebody that can help me be a better husband, a better dad, a better pastor, because again, the crowds won't heal you. This isn't going to be something that heals me as I stand in front of you. It's going to be me getting alone with somebody saying, hey, this is what I'm really struggling with, Monty. This is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with on the inside of me, and, and uh, just getting that out. Again, I want to just challenge all of us. The crowd is the conversation starter. This is the start. Now we got to take a step after this and say, hey, you know what? Do exactly what Jesus did with the man, and that he led him out of the crowd. And then watch what it says. Leads him out of the village, and then watch. This is funny right here. I think this is just like where the Bible gets comical real quick, okay? Like if you read this, it says, then spitting on the man's eyes. Come on, somebody. That's weird. Let's just talk about it real quick, okay? Can you imagine being blind? Jesus is leading you away. You've heard these stories about Jesus. He's leading you outside the city. You're like, oh boy, I'm about to get healed. And all of a sudden you hear, can you imagine, right? Can you imagine that? Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, okay, don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't do that. 
But I, just think about that for just a second. That's why the Bible is so interesting, man. Read the Bible in context. It's just so fun. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and said, can you see anything now? What I want to bring to kind of attention here, and even Pastor Rich said this, and it was another story where Jesus, Jesus did a lot of spitting in the Bible. I didn't realize that, but Jesus was a spitter, okay? Uh, so he's just spitting all over people. That's awesome. That's why y'all in the front row, you're getting spit on right here, okay? Uh, but but I think about that, this idea idea of saliva. I don't know if you knew this or not. I don't know if you realize this or not, but obviously back in the day, uh, 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 like ointments and other things were not readily available. So to a lot of people at this time, what spit and saliva is kind of gross, okay? But it was a healing ointment. They considered that a healing ointment. They considered that medicine. So what some theologians actually believe was this was Jesus' way of saying this, is that medicine can actually help you. I want you to write that down. Okay, I'm going to just kind of give you these back again. Staying quiet will hurt you. The crowd won't heal you, but medicine can help you. Now, now I know for some of us, we're like, all right, cool. I just need a, I just need a prescription. I'm going to be good. Then I'll be good to go. Now, I think for some of us, that, that the, a prescription is what we need, okay? And I, I'm going to be loud and, and, and tell you really quickly that I have been prescribed medicine in the past as well. Okay, I want you to know that. that. That is not, it is not a sin to be sick. Come on, somebody, okay? When, you, when you're struggling with something like that, if we had an issue with our heart, we take a heart medicine. If we had an issue with our blood pressure, we take a blood pressure medicine. Why is it when there's an anxiety and mental uh, mind disorder that we have to, if we need some help in that area, why is it such a stigma in the church? But I'm here today to knock that stigma down, to say it's not that. It's not that. I think Jesus, what he's saying is medicine can help you, but let me tell, share, share something with you really quickly. Don't let the prescription be the thing, the only medicine that really you and I may need to take. The only pill that we may need to swallow may not be the fact that it is prescribed as a pill, but it may be our routine. It may be our sleep pattern. It may be our exercise pattern. It may be some area of our life where we're running really hard and we're running at a pace that we can't keep up with, and yet we are finding ourselves worn out, depressed, anxious, suicidal, whatever that might be. Doctors in medicine saved my life when I was a five-year-old boy, right? I think about it. I had leukemia. I went to St. Jude for two and a half years. Doctors in medicine saved my life. Uh, again, uh, doctors in medicine have helped my, my family with blood pressure issues and other things like that. Dad's got high blood pressure. He's taking a blood pressure. I'm sorry to just throw you out there like that, Dad. Uh, doctors in medicine have helped Allie. Obviously, we have four babies and helped us through all of that. And sometimes, again, it's not just the prescription pill that can help you, but it is a different pill that you need to swallow in what your schedule looks like, what your life looks like. It's a routine change. It's diet. It's exercise. It's sleep. Medicine and remedies may be some things, remedies to your schedule may be some things that really uh, help you out with this thing called anxiety. I don't know about you, and Kyle, if you don't mind coming up, that would be awesome. Medicine can help you. I think about this. Staying quiet will hurt you. The crowds won't heal you. But the thing I, I just think I need to end on, the thing I need to just declare to some of us today, and maybe you're here and you need to just listen to this be spoken over your life. Maybe this needs to be, this is not, this is not fancy. This is not something that you can like, like I mean, write a, a, a whole, I imagine a whole book over other than the Bible, right? It can be written about this whole idea. But this is how do I overcome depression. Okay, again, a few things. Let's walk through them. Staying quiet will hurt you. The crowd won't heal you. Medicine can help you. Then watch what Jesus does in this scripture right here. Can you see anything now? 
right? So, so he's taking him outside the city. He spits in this guy's face, right? He, he touches him. He places his hand on him, asks him, hey, can you see anything now? And the man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Wait, wait, wait a minute. As I'm reading that, <clears throat> just pause for just a second. Because what does that tell me right there? This was, a, this was a man that was blind, right? That's what the Bible tells us. He was blind. He couldn't see. But, but right there, if this guy was blind, how would he know what trees look like? Right? How would he know what trees look like? And what that began to do, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just telling me this week how many people walk around just like this man that, that, that began at one time in his life. I don't know when it happened. I don't know what happened. But this man at one time in his life saw things clearly. Obviously, he was able to see, he knew what a tree looked like, he knew what people looked like, but, but there was a moment in his life where his vision began to be blurred and his sight was no longer there. And I wonder how many of us walk around every single day having had freedom from our past in the past, but yet we're walking around somehow finding ourselves blind and helpless, not seeing things clearly, not seeing Jesus clearly, that we're anxious, that we're depressed, that we're spending our life just not knowing where God is taking us or what he's going to do or how he's going to do it. And our sight is our sight's blurry. Our vision is blurred. And I think about that, and I think it sounds a whole lot like anxiety and depression to me. What I struggled with, what I still every day am combating, what our family's walking through, what we try to just do whatever we can just to, okay, hey, I, I'm going to declare I know this is something that's going on. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm not just going to leave it to the crowd to heal me. I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'm not going to say no to medicine if I really need some medicine, and that medicine may be some other areas of my life that need changing, need addressing. But this is at the end of the day. How can I encourage you? What happens is, is whenever we're anxious and we're depressed, we're taking our eyes and we're putting them on the circumstances around us. We're putting them on the things that, that are, that are uh, temporary and not the thing that's eternal. And I think about that. That's what I've done in my life. And I don't know if you've been there. I don't know if you've walked through that season before. But, man, I just got to declare this over somebody today. It's that Jesus loves you a whole lot. And I think for so many of us, when we struggle with anxiety, we struggle with depression, what we do is we take our eyes off of that and we put them on our circumstance. We put them on our, our, our job or our situation. And again, those are temporary things, but the thing that Jesus is telling us, even as he shows us in the story, is that his love is eternal, his love is everlasting, that his love is, is, is incredible. And I just think some of us need to be reminded today that Jesus loves you a whole lot. Watch what happens. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. Somebody shout again. And his eyes were opened, and his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Oftentimes I begin to think, you know what happens is, is okay, it didn't work the first time, right? It didn't work. It, it didn't work when you did it that one time. It, it worked for a little while, but then I'm back here again. And I just want to challenge some of you today that maybe you just need reminding that Jesus loves you a whole lot, that Jesus cares about you a whole lot. Why? And I think so many times we would ask God, God, why would you allow me to go through this? Why am I struggling in this area? Why am I not finding any sort of peace in this area of my life? God, why would you allow me to 
go through this. And I felt like I just needed to come remind you that Jesus loves you a whole lot and remind you that you serve a God that is close to the brokenhearted. That we serve a God who rescues those whose spirits are crushed, is what Psalms 34, 18 says. Jesus loves you a whole lot. And maybe, just maybe, that might be the seed that you needed to keep on breathing, to keep on living, to keep on walking, to keep on going, to not give up, to not give up on life, to not give up on the dream God has put inside of you, to not give up on the calling that God has put inside of you, that you would not waste that, that you would not say, no, that was for somebody else. No, no, no. Jesus loves you a whole lot. Jesus cares about you a whole lot. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you a whole lot. And guess what? When you're walking through that, Jesus was anxious as he was going to the cross. He knows what it's like. He knows how to minister. And then guess what? He sent the Holy Spirit to you and I to say, you know what? I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bring you peace when there is no peace. I'm going to show you a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to be a light where it's complete darkness. And I believe that I just needed to remind somebody today that that's the same power that lives inside of you is the same power that got Jesus out of the grave. And guess what? When you, he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. And guess what? Jesus loves you a whole lot. Jesus loves you a whole lot. I feel like somebody just need to be reminded of that. That you were ready to end it. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm all, it's over. But Jesus loves you a whole lot. He cares about you a whole lot. And today he is drawing you into a relationship with him if you don't know him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Maybe you tried church, but you haven't tried Jesus. Maybe you tried doing all the right things, but you haven't put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus. Today's that day. Let, that, let today be the day of salvation that comes to your house. I think about Zacchaeus, right? That, that today I'm coming to your house. That Jesus was going to the house. That salvation was coming to Zacchaeus. Salvation, I believe, is coming to somebody today because you're going to realize I can't do it on my own. It's only through Jesus. It's only by what he did. And yeah, you're going to struggle. Yeah, we're going to walk through days in our life. Where we may not know what's going on, but Jesus promised to never leave us, nor forsake us, or allow us to walk through it on our own. I love that God's word is true, not just for the here and now, it's true for eternity. So you know what that tells me? Is that he promised when he would never leave us, nor forsake us. Guess what? That means for here and eternity. That you will never be alone. That you'll never be by, by yourself. That he will always be by your side. That he is close to the brokenhearted. That's the God that we serve. And you have an opportunity opportunity and I have an opportunity to have relationship with him but it starts with a decision to say you know what I can't do it on my own I can't do it I tried it I can't so today wherever you're at I'd love it if you bow your heads and close your eyes maybe you're in this room you say Dustin I I need Jesus in my life I don't have a relationship with Christ but today I need him I want him to save me I want him to forgive me that's you and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to get it right every time. It's not going to be perfect. It doesn't mean in a moment's notice that anxiety is just going to go away. It just means that, guess what? Your sin has been forgiven, right? That your sin, that, that thing that separates us from God, that Jesus himself took that upon himself on the cross and said, you know what? I'm willing to take that. I'm willing to die so that they don't have to. And maybe you're in this room. And you need to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something like this, pray something like this. Would you just mean it on the inside? It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you just to tell Jesus what you want him to do. Would you say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. 
I put my trust in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. I believe that you are alive. And I want you to save me today. Forgive me of my sin. Come in my life. Change me. Help me live for you. Help me to spend the rest of my life doing whatever I got to do to let everybody know about the Savior that you are for me. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online and you prayed that or you prayed something like it. I would just love to know that because not only that, we want to celebrate with you. We're going to celebrate together the fact that you just gave your life to Jesus. So if you're in here, I'm going to ask you to do something pretty crazy, pretty radical. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat. I'm going to count to three. And if you just prayed to receive Jesus, I'm going to ask you to go to one of our prayer team members that's on either side of me today. Got them right here on either side of the stage. If you want to come up here and say, you know what, I just prayed to receive Jesus today. I'm going to let somebody know. I'm going to ask you to do that on three. Our team is going to begin to move. So you're not even going to be the only one moving. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to move. One, two, three. Our team's moving. You're not even the only one moving. Awesome. Awesome. I want to give a second invitation really fast, if you don't mind, is the fact that I think there's some people that walked in here and wanted to be a part of the crowd, but God is calling you out of the crowd to go have a conversation with the one. And I think for some of us in this room, we struggle. And, and, and again, church is a place where sometimes we feel like we can't be real. But I, I want to create an environment and a place where I mean, we can be as real as we can be. And say, you know what, Jesus is, as we used to sing as a kid, Jesus is still working on me. Jesus is still doing something on the inside of me. And I just think that for somebody, somebody in this room, I'm just going to open this next thing up for you. If everybody can, just everybody across the room, would you mind standing to your feet? Just stand to your feet. You don't have to move just yet, but stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm going to ask, maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe you struggle with some anxiety. I would just ask, would you just begin to make your way to our prayer team? We'd be honored to carry that with you. We'd be honored to help however we can. But more importantly, we'd be honored just to, just to pray with you. Just let you know that you're loved, that you're valued, that you are not alone, that you don't have to die today to get temporary or to get relief from the pain that you're going through, that you maybe thought about suicide, that you're walking through and you don't have, you haven't told anybody that. I'm asking you to move right now. Would you just move and make your way to one of these walls on either side of me? We got some people that would love to just serve you, love to pray with you. If you don't mind doing that, that would be awesome. I love that. Let me just spend some time praying. God, we come to you right now. We thank you so much for today. We honor you. We love you. We're so thankful that you've given us the, the, the chance to, to, to make a, a difference wherever you've called us to go. You've given us a chance to say, you know what, I'm not going to walk in here one way and not walk out different. That, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, yes, a part of the crowd that's going to inspire me to move, to go have a conversation, to share what I'm going through. But, God... I just needed to know today that you really love me, you really cared about me, that you want a relationship with me. just need to be reminded of that. So God, I pray that your spirit would just remind my friends today that they're loved, that they're valued, that, that the value of something is the price that somebody's willing to pay for it. And you gave your life for us. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. We love you. We honor you. We lift up your name, King Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God five seconds of some loud praise in this room? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on, give it up for King Jesus. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, while you're standing, 
our usher team in just a second. Y'all are not going to come forward just yet. Gentlemen, we're going to sing a song in just a second because guess what? It's our last Sunday with production. Y'all remember me telling you that? But we're going to have worship and stuff next week. Just going to look a little different. And guess what? I just want to just challenge us really quickly. Um, we, we have a couple of things I want to share with us as our usher team in a second. We'll take up our tithes and offerings again. I want to challenge all of us in this area. It's a tough area to talk about. Uh, obviously in church, we always, everybody gets funny when you start talking about money. I understand that. I'm with you. And we will never do anything that's, that's, that's uh, immoral, unethical with what you believe. And you, you give to Purpose Church and through Purpose Church to God. And I just want to tell you guys, man, we are so thankful for what you've done. But I just tell you, and I, I just had this, even our staff team as we were meeting this week uh, and walking through our lead team. And I just thought about it, and I just, I, I had this, uh, this I, had, I had a friend of mine ask me last week, hey, what, what, where do you see Purpose Church in a year? And what it began to do is it just began to build a dream back up inside of me, what God has called us to do as a church. And I love what God has done, but let me just share something with you. God is just getting started with what he is doing. That there is still 150,000 people within this general area, and 86,646 of them are unchurched. Guess what, church? It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to lead the way. It's time for us to lead the way with generosity and, and, and people and Jesus doing whatever we got to do to make sure that we're pointing people to Jesus. And I just want to call that out of us as a church, that we are not called just to sit back and to just not do anything about it. But we're called to go out and make a difference in the darkness, that we're called to go with the light that we have in Jesus' name. And so I just want to challenge us as we give, that's what we're giving to, that we are not satisfied with what God has called us to right now, that we believe that God has called us to more. We're going to be faithful with what we've given. We're going to do whatever we can to make sure that we're doing that and honoring God, and we're going to go out and make a difference in this community for Jesus. Anybody with me? Can we give God a big shout of praise today? Y'all just better get ready. So let's not wait. Let's do it now. And so I'm going to ask, what we're going to do in just a second, we're going to worship, and we're going to sing that song that we started out singing when you came. Some of y'all missed the first song because we were a little late today. I'm with you. I understand that. But hey, we're going to sing Battle Belongs because we believe whatever battle that you might be facing, that it belongs to the Lord. We believe that Murray and Callaway County, in Jesus' name, is about to be flipped upside down, that, that this county, this city belongs to Jesus, and we'll do whatever it takes to take that name into the darkness and share the light of Jesus wherever we might go. So I'm going to pray for our offering as soon soon as I say amen, listen, you guys are, are we're going to give, our, our, our guys are going to come forward in just a second. I do want to tell you really quickly that we are being a generous church in this season of our, our life as well because we are giving, uh, we had 103 people, we talked about it for one week. And 103 people in two days signed up because they needed food. We told you about it last week. We're going to be feeding 103. If y'all don't mind throwing that up there on the screen, the, the giving basket or the giving bags that are going to be at HQ, or not HQ, they're going to be right out here at the Connect Corner right after the end of service. So I'll just tell you, they are individually labeled. And so when you take that bag, there's 103 families that are on there. I want you to pray for them, but I want you to do even more than that. Fill it with some great goodies. And, and I'll just tell you, we are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus this holiday season. These are just a few things that people would share. We have nothing, and we would appreciate anything. Thanks for helping my family eat this holiday season. That's what we're giving towards. That's what we're making a difference in. This will be a blessing to my family. I work 40 plus hours a week and draw no assistance. I've been worried about how I'm going to provide a meal for my family. My my husband just found out this evening he was laid off. He was laid off during COVID, and he used up all of his benefits. These are the people, these are the stories that we get to impact. And so, 
On your way out, grab one of those at the Connect Corner. Right outside these doors. You can't miss it. Would you grab those on the way out? I'm going to pray for us. We're going to worship, and then our team will dismiss you at the very end. Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we honor you. We love you. The battle belongs to you, and we're putting it in your hands today, King Jesus. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.